Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Father, we are amazed this morning that you would seek to save us. But Father, not only then would you save us, but God, you would call us. And Father, we would participate with you in your great plan of redemption. So Lord, thank you today. We're not only saved, we are called. Father, you have plans and purposes that we're not even able to comprehend of in our own human, uh, our own mind. Father, these are things that you give us by revealed truth. And so, Father, we, we thank you for it today as we prepare this morning to receive communion. Father, we thank you. That's exactly what we have. We have communion with you. God, you chased us down. You sought us. You found us. You restored us. You've called us. So, Father, may we may our hearts grasp the power of that today, Father, as we prepare to receive communion this morning. In Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning and our ushers are coming forward. They're going to serve you uh, communion elements today. And uh, so as they are distributing the communion elements, I want to just follow through, just take a couple of moments and follow through on what we just spoke of. That... um, you know, God God has incredible plans for each and every one of us. And I want to read a scripture to you this morning. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse, verse number 9. I quoted it just a, a moment ago. But let me read it to you. It says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. So, you know, a lot of times people are satisfied with being saved. And I, I tell you what, I'm glad I'm saved. Praise God. Amen. But you know, God has so much more planned for each and every one of us. Because the Bible here tells us, it says that he saved us, but then he called us with a holy calling not according to our works and you know a lot of times we feel uh, disqualified or we think well you know God could never use me because of my past because of this or that or whatever but this passage of scripture says it's not about our past it's not about what we were It's about what God wants us to be. Amen. It's about what we're becoming every day. 
And, and it says that he called us not according to our works. So you, you may say, I was this, or I did that, or here's, here's what I did. No, it's not about that. It's about the fact that God had a plan and purpose for us, even before we were born. You know, this is, you, you can't wrap your head around this. These are eternal things. These are God things. Uh, even, you know, he knew us. He told the prophet, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. So God knew us, and, and he has purposes and plans. It's not according to our works, what you were. Paul says, this is what I was, but God. How many of you can say, thank God for the but God part? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before time began. So before you were even born, millennial, millennium, before you, you know, God had a time that you were going to be born. God knew you, and he not only saved you, praise God, when you came and you gave your life to Jesus, but that he has a plan, he has a purpose for you, he has, he has things for us to do in this life. You know, I had uh, people, uh, someone shared with me recently that they were telling uh, someone when people were praying for my recovery, and uh, this person had said, oh, he's going to live, glory be to God, because he's not done with God's plan for his life, you know, and we are to live with a mindset that we're fulfilling an assignment. Amen. We're not just, we're, you know, I say just. How can you minimize the power of what it means to be saved? You can't minimize that. But God always does exceeding, abundant, above and beyond what we can imagine. You know, some of us would be settled, you know, content being just being saved. But God says, no, I got more than that for you. Amen. I have assignments for you. I, I, have, I have divine connections that you need to make. There's people you need to influence. Amen? There's, there's your life is, is meant to be a very powerful testimony and to reach and, and to influence other people for the cause of, of, of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, he prayed a, a, a real powerful prayer. And uh, he understood this. And let me just share this, and I'll wrap it up with this this morning as we're, as we're ready to receive these communion elements today. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3. He understood this. He says, I, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Let me drop down to verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfect, perfected, but I press on 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold upon me. Paul said, listen, man, it's not about my past. It's not about, it's not about yesterday. Yesterday is gone. You know what? The good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the wonderful. It's not about our past. Paul said, I'm pressing on and I'm, I'm moving forward. And, and he says here, listen, I may not, you know, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm on this journey and we're all on this journey. We're on a journey of purpose. And it's not, it's not just dying and going to heaven. It's God using us while we're on this earth. God needs you. You and I are his hands and his feet. We're his voice. God has a purpose. I was just reading before I came down this morning. I was going through some a medical file. I didn't know that I had. And in there was a timeline. They had uh, 440 call received at the Monmouth police station about a guy down in the road. And I went through uh, all of that, and there was a young lady that had showed up, and uh, she was there at 442 or something and started CPR on my life. God had a purpose for her life. We're even ministering to this girl now because she's gone through a hard time, and we've made a connection with her. And and I believe she's going to come to know Jesus. But hey, folks, we're living a life of purpose. Every one of us. Someone says, well, if I was standing up there. No, no. And Jesus gave his life for us. Praise God. So this morning, let's give our life for him. For the thing that is deepest and, 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 and the thing that is most important. And that's other people. And so, Lord, this morning, as we take this bread, we're reminded that Jesus came in a body, and he died. He gave his life. He took our place. You raised him from the dead. That, Lord, that we could enter into a new life. And so this morning, thank you that this bread represents life given. Father, that we can give our life to you. Father, thank you today. We're not only saved, and I don't say only to minimize that, but we're called. So let's receive the bread this morning. Father, we thank you. Jesus just didn't give part. He gave it all. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. So, Father, this morning we're thanking you that blood has been shed. Our sin is washed. It's not about our past. We're moving beyond our past. That includes yesterday. That includes one hour before uh, this moment right now. Maybe we had a little spat in the car on the way to church. We're forgetting the things that are behind. We're taking hold of those things that are before us. 
So, Father, thank you that it's possible because of the blood of Jesus. Let's receive today. so good. You are so good. Church, I want to stay in an atmosphere of worship. And I'd like Carmi Moore to come up here just for a minute. At this same point in the service a couple weeks ago, we prayed for this woman to have the anointing of God flow as she ministered in the Dominican Republic. And all through the week, God continued to put her on our hearts. And the Bible says this, in Galatians 3.5, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you, to me, to us, he who supplies the Spirit and works miracles among you, miracles among us, in this church and in the Dominican Republic is which we're about to hear from he works miracles and does he do it by the works of the law no but by the hearing of faith and you see testimonies are faith building testimonies are hearing God's word and what he's doing and miracles that are happening to build our faith and that's why we're going to continue to worship while we listen to what you have to say to us. Thank you, sir. It's a privilege and it's an honor to serve Almighty God. I'm saying Almighty God. All-powerful, all-loving, Almighty God. I felt a little jip, Pastor Jim, because I wasn't here for your homecoming. And I want you to know something. I know the church rejoiced when you came home, but I was rejoicing down in the Dominican Republic as we were preparing for our women's conference down there. And church, I want you to know something. We prayed for a long time for the power and the spirit of the living God to move. And the power and the spirit of the living God is here and is now in working amongst us here in Erie, Pennsylvania. We have prayed, Pam, come on, and we have believed and we received. We have a miracle, people, sitting right here in front of us in the name of Jesus. And women's group and women to women, we came together one Saturday, and we were praying. And Pastor Jason, we were praying, and the Lord had revealed to me that week, you know, we put on the whole, whole armor of God. Our loins are girt about with truth, and we have on the breastplate of righteousness. We take the shield of faith, and you know there were times I thought it was just a little shield, you know, like little Wonder Woman. But when I read it, it was the Roman army they were referring to, and there were big shields. And Pastor Jason, on the bottom of these shields there was a spike, and they would come side by side, and they would take that spike and put it in the ground, and they would stand shoulder to shoulder, and they would fight. And that night, Pastor, when we called the 911, you know, we had a 911 call here one time when 911 happened. But we had a 911 call here for you that night. And the power of prayer went forth. And we spoke.
stood shoulder to shoulder, and we did not give up. We spoke to that mountain, and that mountain had to go in the name of Jesus. Yes. The Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and it's the Lord that will raise him up. And God raised this man up, and church, we need to rejoice. We need to lay a foundation of worship. We need to lay a foundation of praise. say that before I said this. God moved big time in the DR, people. First of all, I want to thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up and showing off big time. And he sure did. We were um, five women from... Thank you, Jesus. In this part of the country that went, we were joined with four other women who were filled with the Spirit. Pastor, I have never experienced the glory cloud. But we, we experienced the power and the presence of God to a point that felt like he sat down on us. It was so glorious. We saw signs and wonder. There was a woman who testified who was blind in her left eye. Miracles. And she was able to see light. There was a woman who had female problems. She was healed. There was a person that was healed in their back. There were so many things that had happened. And I could go on for an hour, but this is not my time. But I thank you for letting me share. Because it's not about me. It's not about him. It's not about them. It's about God. It's about his glory. It's about his presence. It's about what he wants to do in us and through us. He wants to bless us. He loves us and wants to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think. Because Hallelujah. it's his, it's not about Carmen, it's not about Jim, it's not about Jason, it's That's not right. about Liz, it's not about Pam, it's not about any of us, it's about God. Amen. Mark Amen. 16. Yes. Jesus came to do the works of the Father. It's not, it was Father's works that he did. He said to go, I went, I'm grateful, I thank you for those of you that sent me. I thank you for those of you who pray for me. And I just want to praise God. And let us continue to worship God for the miracle that we have here in our midst. Let it continue in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Church, we've been talking about miracles. Honest to goodness, or they say honest to God, miracles. Guys, they're happening. They're happening. They're happening. They're happening at this church. They're happening when people from this church go other places. They're happening all around this country and this world. And these are the testimonies that we get to rejoice in and celebrate with because God is good. Because God is good. And He is faithful. And he loves you. And he loves those who are far from him. Every single one of them. 
Every single one of them. So Father, as we close this time of worship, we lift our hands to you. And we thank you. Just with an attitude of thanks. An attitude of thanksgiving. And appreciation for you. For you and for who you are. We worship you. We praise you. And we thank you for greater works yet to come. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Turn around and say hello to somebody and say welcome to Appreciation Sunday. All right, kids, you heard them. Don't eat that food. I told somebody this morning, I said, when I give my message here in a couple minutes, it'll probably the most, be the most difficult one I ever have to give. And not because I'm challenging you, because I will, with the Word of God, but because you're going to smell the food coming in. And you guys are going to be a little bit distracted. Well, how many know what Tuesday is? Tuesday. You sure? Okay. It's election day. And guys, I want to encourage you, number one, as citizens, and number two, as Christians, to vote. To vote. It's important. And I'm going to encourage you, as I've been teaching about being led by the Holy Spirit, to pray, ask for God's guidance, and then vote as he tells you to. It's important, and it's important that we hear from God when we vote. But I want to tell you something this morning. My hope is not in the government. My hope is not in the government. My hope is in Jesus. My hope is in Jesus. Do we really want to change a nation? Do we? Then our hope needs to be in Jesus. Because you see, when we pray for our elected officials... And when we preach the gospel message, and when we're led by the Holy Spirit, and we go where he tells us to go, and do what he tells us to go do, and show the love of Christ over and over and over, each and every one of us, that is what's going to change our nation. It's God's love. That's what's going to change our nation. And we partner with those who God has put into office. We partner with our government but it's God who makes the changes. It's God who moves the nation. So let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now for those who are elected now in office and those who will be elected and move into office. We just pray that your will be done. Father, we just pray that the church at large will go show, show up voting, but more importantly in my heart is that we go show the love of Christ, the love that you have poured out on us to this entire nation. And Father, we thank you that you will change the hearts of many because of your name and that it's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited because our hope is in the church. And we just finished our what we called our generations campaign, our stewardship campaign, above and beyond the tithe. We were asking to partner with this ministry, with this church, to retire our debt to get it behind us so that we can move forward doing what I'm talking about here. Preaching the gospel message, ministering to our children, making disciples and sending them out to change the world. Carmi, to change the Dominican Republic, to change nations. 
right here from Erie, Pennsylvania. So we are excited. We want to announce the number that we've had so far from, you know, because it doesn't stop. You can give next week too, continue to give. But the generation's commitment was $62,670. Amen? Here's what's exciting about that is it's 28% bigger on a commitment than it was last year. And let me remind you what happened last year is when the actual numbers were counted, when the giving was done, it was twice as much as what was pledged. So if last year's pledge was in the 40s and was given in the 80s, and this year's pledge is in the 60s, I'm thinking somewhere 200 maybe? Maybe more? Okay, that's what we're believing for, because we want to retire this debt. There are things we need to do. We need to preach the gospel message. We need to make disciples. We want to radically change Erie, Pennsylvania. And from there, radically change the world. The whole world for Jesus Christ. So that's exciting. I'm excited. Thank you. We appreciate everyone who has made a commitment. Everyone who gives above and beyond. Everyone who gives at all of your time, your efforts, everything. Thank you. We appreciate you. So let's continue to worship the Lord with our giving. Ushers, if you want to get ready to wait on the people... Man, I'm excited. I am excited. Man, the Spirit is here this morning. I am excited. If anyone needs an envelope, just raise your hand up. Uh, the ushers can serve you. And here in Acts 4, verse 32, it says, Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. You see, nothing we have actually is our own. God has given us everything. He is asking for us to be generous givers back to his kingdom of our time, of our efforts. And I'm going to preach a message this morning that basically is repeating what Pastor said during communion. I I went over to Liz. I said, he already preached my message. (laughs) You see, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. It, It knows what's going to happen. We didn't have any conversation beforehand. And he knows what's going to happen. You see, we have all things in common. Nothing was theirs. So, in, in my mind, all we have is God's anyway. Is it not? All we have is God's. And so he's just asking us to be generous with the talents, the gifts, the finances, the time, everything that he has given us. We are stewards of it while we're here. And the Lord keeps speaking to me something I heard. I don't know, maybe even my wife said or somebody said, if he can get it through us, he can get it to us. It's not to get it to you so you can hold on to it. It's so he can get it through you. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning that we are a church of generous givers. Of our time, of our efforts, of our finances, this church was built on generosity. We thank you for every person here today, those who aren't here today. Father, those who sacrificed their time, their effort, and their finances. We thank you, Father, that we committing to you to get it through us, Father, so bring it to us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ushers, you may wait on the people. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. Let's pray. Lord, you are so good. Lord, in your mercies endureth forever.
Thank you, Father, that every day is a new day. And that you are with us, and that you lead us, and that you guide us. And Father, I thank you that you are for us. You are for every concern that we have. Every challenge that we have. Every issue that we have. You are for us. And your word says, when you are for us, who could be against us? We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what you want to share with us this morning. Father, we do. We lift up the global church to you this morning. We lift up the persecuted church to you this morning. Churches all over the world today not being able to have the freedom and liberty to do what we're doing. And Father, we pray for them. We pray for each and every one of them. Every country, every people, every nation. We lift them up to you. And we thank you for your freedom that you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, turn with me to Acts uh, chapter 4, please. Acts chapter 4. So what I want to do this morning, as you guys start to smell the food and make this difficult (laughs) on me, is I just, I want to wrap up the series that we had been doing through the month of October, and it was linked with generations, but really what we were talking about were the four pillars of the church. The four pillars of the church. And if you weren't here, I'm just going to quickly talk about the first three that we already kind of dug deeper into, and I want to focus on the fourth one this morning. Is that okay? Okay. So the the three pillars that we've already talked about was this, is number one... When you begin to look at the early church, you begin to look in the book of Acts and say, hey, if we were to just stop everything, everything that we're doing, no building, no walls, no chairs, nothing, and we were just to say, if we were to model ourselves after the early church, what would we do? What would be the things that, what are the pillars, the foundational pillars of the early church? And the first one that you see over and over in the book of Acts is they preached the gospel. It is a fundamental pillar of the church, and it will remain. It will always remain. It'll be a, it's a fundamental pillar of this church, of what this church was founded on, and many, many other churches. And that cannot go away, and that will not go away in our church. If you look over and over in the book of Acts, people are looking for hope. And if you notice, if you look around, guess what, guys? People are looking for hope. Right here. In Erie, Pennsylvania, at the store, everywhere that you go, people are looking for hope. So we as a church, and this is what's beautiful to me, is we as a church have the beautiful opportunity to share that message. We get to share that message verbally in how we act, in what we say, and what we do through showing love to others. The second pillar 
of the church is that they prayed and they saw the sick healed. They saw miracles. They prayed and they saw miracles. Guess what, church? We, as a church, are going to pray and we are going to see miracles. And if this is your first time here, you probably already heard about a few miracles that we've been talking about. Well, last week I asked if you guys on your praise reports would just put in a few things that maybe God was doing in your lives. Well, guess what? You did what I asked. That was nice. Thank you. So let's listen to some of the miracles and praise reports for when we as a church pray, God moves on our behalf. Praise God for new friends and a closer walk with Jesus. Praise the Lord for a good doctor's report from last week. Praise God that he's providing for my mom. Praise God that my son found a church and now is serving. Praise God for, for my cousin whose test came back cancer-free. Praise God for sleepless nights in pain that are gone. Come on, are you kidding? Gone. Praise God that my brother has not had a drink in over two weeks. Come on, church. Praise God. He is answering prayers over and over and over. And I have a testimony in our own life. And I don't think I share this on a Sunday morning. If I did, I'm sorry. I'm going to make it brief. But my father was in the hospital. And he had a breathing tube. And he was in the ICU. And they had him sedated. And they weren't sure if he was going to live or die. Like two weeks ago. This was two weeks ago. They were not sure if he was going to live or die. I was like, well, I know of a little scenario of someone who was very similar to this. And he got up and walked out of that hospital. And we started praying as a staff and as a church. And we said, you know what? Pastor Jason's dad's going to live and not die. He's going to get up and walk out of this hospital. And we prayed that 11 a.m. Monday. 11 a.m. Monday, breathing tube still in, completely sedated. 2 p.m. Monday, phone rings. Hello? Dad? Should I have been surprised? No, but I was, guys. Come on, sometimes testimonies can surprise us a little bit. I said, Dad? He's like, yep, I'm getting out of the ICU. I'm like, there's no breathing tube? He's like, nope. Your heart's okay? Yep. He calls me the next day. He goes, not only am I getting out of the, I got out of the ICU, I'm going home. I'm going home. So praise God. Praise God. He is a miracle working God. So this church is going to be the same fundamental pillar as the early church. We are going to pray and we are going to see miracles happen. Amen? Because it's happening. Get ready. I'm seriously, get ready. Okay? Leave it at that. Number three. The early church and we. Now I'm going to say something. Each one of these is a command for us as the church and it's a command for you in the church. You understand what I'm saying? The church is going to share the gospel. You need to share the gospel. The church is going to pray. You need to pray. The third one, the early church was led by the Holy Spirit in everything that they did. They were led by the Holy Spirit in everything that they did. They said, should we go over here? Go over here. They're thinking about going over there. The Holy Spirit stops them from going over there. 
And we have access to that same Holy Spirit that they did. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And He leads, and He guides, and He directs. He is the counselor, the wonderful, beautiful counselor that we have. And the early church did that. So we must align our hearts with Him. We must worship, we must pray, and we must hear from God. Now, this morning I have a little funny story. You guys ready? Does anybody know who Daniel Tiger is? Okay, Daniel Tiger. If you got young kids, you know who Daniel Tiger is. It's kind of based off of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which you all probably know as well. Well, my daughter, Noelle, she's uh, three. She has a little toy. It's a Daniel Tiger train, and I think it was, it was in storage for a little bit. A trolley, sorry. Daniel's trolley. And there's a button on it, and it makes noise. And I'm just like, oh, dear God, who makes to- all these toys that make noise? But anyway... This one says something when you hit the button. It says this. It says, stop and listen to be safe. You ever heard this? Stop and listen to be safe. And I'm sitting there this morning going, whoa, 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 whoa. This thing is preaching to me. (laughs) This thing is telling me what I need to do. And I'm like, my goodness, the Holy Spirit He's available to us, but what, we, what do we have to do? Stop and listen to be safe. You see, he's for us. He's not against us. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And even Daniel Tiger's trolley ministered to me this morning. And now it gets to minister to all of you. So I'd like to thank Noel or whoever got that toy out yesterday, because now I can't get it out of my head. I'm driving, I'm driving to church this morning going, stop. And listen to be safe. And maybe you'll be saying that all week, and I hope that you do. I hope that you do. I hope that you say, Holy Spirit, okay, stop. Take a breath. Let me listen to what you'd have me do. We talked about for voting. Every every part of your life, stop. Listen. And be safe. Yeah? Okay, the fourth one. You guys ready for the fourth one? I want to talk about this this morning. The fourth one is, they were a church that gave generously. They were, the early church was a church that gave generously. I want to tell you something, church. This church was founded by people who gave generously. There were people from the foundations of this church who gave their lives, their time, their efforts, their finances. They gave generously. And church, I'm telling you, we are going to be a church that gives generously. We're going to be a church that gives generously of all that we have and all that we are. Back to what I said at offering. If he can get it through us, he can get it to us. And we're going to get the word out, we're going to get prayer out, and lives are going to change. So this morning, I told you to go to Acts Chapter 4. And what's exciting about this is the early church, when they did these four fundamentals, what happened to the early church? Explosive growth. Explosive growth. 120 to 3,000 in like a weekend? Okay. We have 3,000 people here. Next week, we're going to have the traffic jam that I've been talking about. Are we not? 
We're praying and believing for traffic jams because we want to see people's lives changed. And then we want to send them out to wherever they're going, wherever they are, wherever they've been called to go, as Pastor said this morning. Wherever they've been called to go, the hope and the calling that's on their life, send them out to do what God has done in their life. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And I love this passage of Scripture because it actually talks about all four of the things that we've been talking about. Preaching, the gospel, praying, being led by the Holy Spirit, and giving. Acts 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Stop there. Okay, they prayed. And what happened when they prayed? Yes. God moved. He shook the place. Literally, mountains moving. He shook the place. And then what happens? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. They prayed. They were filled. The place shook. And they spoke God's word. So, so far, we already got being praying. We already got preaching. One scripture. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke God's word with boldness. And this is what was interesting to me, is they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have the New Testament. Well, what were they talking about? They were talking about Jesus. They were talking about that all throughout the Old Testament, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, what came fulfilled in Jesus Christ. You talk about supernatural. You talk about a miracle. You talk about amazing. They didn't have the words here that, that I'm able to talk about. They saw it. They saw Jesus. They saw it. The early church got to see the actual miracle. So they're talking from things that were impossible. They got to see what was possible. The risen king. Verse 32. Now a multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. I want to park here just for a minute. The multitude of those who believed, the traffic jams, all those people, the traffic jams, were of one heart and one soul. You see, guys, they were unified. They were unified. We have an enemy that comes to try to provide division. I want to get some division within the church, within denominations, within this church versus that church, this party versus that party. Division, 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 division. Constantly looking for polarizing division. But the early church was not like that. They were not. They were of one heart. They were of one soul. They had a love for each other. A deep love for each other. The Bible says in John 13, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. They were together. They were unified. They were one body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the importance of being unified. He talks about the importance of the church and all of its gifts, all of its talents, all of the things that God has so generously given to it coming together 
as one body, one church. And I want to look at that this morning just for a minute. 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That scripture references the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Together, unified. We, as a church, need to be together. We need to be unified. We all may have different giftings, different talents, different anointings, but each and every one of us are to come together and work together. And some people think, well, oh, well, Pastor Jason, well, you have, you know, this calling to be up here. Yeah, guys, this is not the most important calling. Because Paul, what he's referencing is the body. And this is something that you can see. A lot of us can live with a lot of things that you can see on your body. We can live without an arm, we can live without a leg, but they're the things that you can't see are the things that you cannot live without. And so church, this morning I want to encourage you is where God has called you and positioned you and placed you within this church is of the utmost importance. You are the heart of the church. You're the kidneys of the church. You're the lungs of the church. Yeah, but I don't see those things on the physical body. Can you live without the lungs? Can you live without the heart? Can you live without... No. You can't. So each and every one of you plays a super, super important part in this church. And this is why we have Appreciation Sunday. We should do it every Sunday. Because what you are doing, the work of the ministry, this up here is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You're doing the work of the ministry. You're doing it. Every one of you has an important, important position. And God has created each of us to be unique. We have eight beautiful children. Every single one of them is completely different. Completely unique in their height, in their talents, in the way they look, in what they're good at, in what they can sense, what they, they're all different. Same parents, same house, same environment, completely different. But when together, as a family, we are united and we are unified, we can do anything. We can, we can get to church on time. We can get to church early. And we did, today. I know, I had an extra hour. Come on, I know, I get it. How many of you were here an hour early and didn't realize it? Thank goodness for smartphones that automatically change the time for us. But honestly, we can do anything together. And we as a church, when we are unified, and every person is doing exactly the part that they are called to do, they are purposed to do, they are anointed to do, whether it's being in prayer, whether it's being a mom at home with their kids, whether it's being in the nursery, whether it's being in youth ministry, whatever it is, when we are unified, we can do anything. Guys, we can do anything. Wrap your heads around that. We can reach this city. We can reach this country, this state, this world for Jesus. We can literally do anything. Anything. This is amazing. For as one body, verse 12, as one body is one, and as many members, but all members of one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into the spirit. 
For in fact, the body is not one, but many members. Verse 20, verse, I'm going to skip down to verse 25. And that there should be no schism in the body. No division in the body. We have an enemy that comes to look to divide us. Because what he understands is when we work together, they can't stop us. And so he looks to bring offense. He looks to be, oh, well, the church hurt me. Somebody said something to me. Of course they did. Because we're human. And we're people. And we fail. And we sin. But don't you see, it's the work of the enemy that's trying to divide us. It's the work of the enemy. So if someone offends you, go to them and say, hey, you offended me. Yeah, come on. Go to them. Work it out. We just we let this stuff sit inside for months and for months and for years and we leave a church and we go somewhere else and it happens to us again and we go somewhere else and it happens to us again. It's the enemy trying to divide us. The Bible clearly lays out, here's what you need to do when someone has offended you. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to talk to somebody. You need to do that. Because the enemy's got a plan to divide us and we can't let it happen. We can't let it happen. So if God's speaking to you right now and has somebody on your mind, please go to them. Okay, that's it. I'll leave it at that. I'm serious. Please go to them. This is, okay. All right. Okay. All right. There should be no schism, no division in the body, but that all the members should have the same care for one another. We care for one another. And if one member suffers... Everybody suffers. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And then Paul goes on in chapter 14 and he begins to talk more about the church and more about spiritual gifts. But what chapter happens to be between 12 and 14? Oh, that's good. Between 12 and 14 is 13. He's talking about the church. He's talking about gifts. And he's got all these great things that we can do together. But what do we have to do? Ah, what's between? Love. Though I speak, verse 13, or chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, I have these giftings, but I have not love, what are you? You know, sounding brass, a clanging cymbal, ouch. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all the faith, and I can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Guys, the key to generous giving, the key to the fourth pillar of the church is love. Is love for one another, so much so that we're willing to be unified and go talk to that person when they may have offended us. Love them so much that when they're hurting, you go help them. You go minister to them. Back to verse 32 in Acts 4. It says, Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Nothing was theirs, and like I said earlier, nothing is ours either. We're just stewards of it while we're here. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With great power. And the great grace was upon 
them all. When we pray, when we take care of each other, great power comes. Unification comes. And the enemy no longer has a seat there. Verse 34. Nor was anyone among them who lacked. Not one among them lacked. For all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to anyone who has need. You see, they gave everything. They gave it all. It was all in. It was all in. What God had had given them, he was just getting it through them. They were there to love each other, to take care of each other, as a church family, as a church body. You say, well, Pastor Jason, that's socialistic. Is it? They They weren't commanded to do it. They did it out of love. That's different. That's being generous givers. It's nothing to do with being socialistic. It didn't say they all had exactly the same thing. It said that they gave generously of everything that they had to help those who were in need. This is what the church is all about. This is what we need to do. We are a family. We have to take care of each other, support one another. You know, as parents, we give generously to our kids. God gives generously to us but it's so we can give generously to our kids. I want to share just a minute with you, because this is so important to me, is that God has given each one of us talents. And as Pastor said this morning earlier, that each of us are called to a purpose. And each of you has a purpose in this body. And I want you to know that this morning. Each of you has a purpose in this church. Every single one of you. It may be to pray. It may be to change a diaper in the nursery. But I want you to pray. And I want you to hear from God and ask him where he wants you to be serving. What he wants you to do at this church. Where does he want you to give generously of your time and your efforts? Because you know what? If God didn't say go to the nursery, I don't want you in the nursery. I don't. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I heard you need ushers, so I'll be an usher. Did God tell you to be an usher? Is he leading you to be an usher? If so, welcome to the team. Well, I heard you need a lot of people in Crosswalk. Did he tell you to go to Crosswalk? Did he tell you to be in Crosswalk? If so then join us. If not, continue to ask, where does he want you to be? See, we're made up of many, many parts. And it's only when all of us are effectively working together, doing what we were called to do, is the body at whole its most effective. Is it not? Think of your own body. When every single part of your body is working perfectly, how do you feel? Ooh, yeah, I feel good. I could sing a song right now, and you would be like, oh my, I feel good. Okay, stop, stop. I don't feel that good. (laughs) But we feel good. We feel good when we all come, when we're all doing the right thing, when the heart is working properly. Pastor, you feel better now? Yeah, he feels pretty good. His heart's working the right way now. Yes. This is what the church is. This is what we're called to do. 
This is our great purpose. I want to end with this scripture. And Jake, if you want to come up, Jake, wherever you're at. Brother, isn't he good on that keyboard? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I want to, oh, give me, oh, hey, give me a hand. Come on. You weren't expecting that. He's like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> He'd be like, Russ, the next time you ask me to come up again, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to give generously of our praise. Yeah. Okay, so I was reading to the, uh, to the kids before bed the other night. And Jairus got this little Bible, and we're reading through it. I mean, it's like this big. It's the whole Bible is in like this much print, which means the font is like impossible to see. So I'm like reading it, and I'm reading about the Tower of Babel. And in Genesis 11, it says this, verse 5, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them. The NIV says, And nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And in verse 7 it says, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. You see, they weren't doing something that was glorifying God. But the principle here remains the same. You see, when we are united together, when we are of one language, when we are one common purpose, there is nothing we cannot do. There is nothing we cannot do. And when we are honoring God with what we are attempting to go do, He's not going to come down and confuse us. He's going to be amongst us and with us and for us and helping us continue in that cause. Church, let us be generous givers today. Let us be generous givers with our time, with our efforts, with our money with everything God has blessed us with. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning. We thank you that you are generous. We thank you that you are so generous that you sent your son, your precious son, to die for our sins. And that you loved us so much that you raised him from the dead and defeated the grave. And that you loved us so much that you gave us your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us. We're so thankful for that tonight, God. So thankful for you, God. Heavenly Father, with every head bowed, and everyone's eyes closed. I would ask this morning that if there's anyone here who says, I want to know you more. I want to be closer to you. I want to understand your heart more. I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. I want to be a generous giver because it's the overflow of who I am because of you. Just slip your hand up this morning.
Anybody here this morning? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we lift those who have their hands raised today. Fill them up with your Holy Spirit. Teach them, lead them, guide them. Be with them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, as a church, we pray that we will be generous givers. Father, that we will be a church and a people who pray, who preach, who are led, who love, and who are generous in all that we do. And Father, as we close, Lord, we bless this food that we are about to partake in. This is Appreciation Sunday. And Lord, we appreciate you. The word this morning when we were praying was nourishment. And Father, we thank you for nourishment of our spirits. Thank you for nourishment deep within us that take us day by day. And Father, we bless this food to our bodies. It'll be a blessing to us. We thank you for the staff that is serving. We thank you for all those that have put hard work and preparation into this. And Father, I just pray of a time of breaking bread together, socializing together, getting to know somebody new today together. And we thank you for all this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, before you're dismissed, there will be small group leaders up here that, will pray, that can pray for you if you need healing in your body. If you're like, I don't know this Jesus you're talking about, we have small group leaders that can pray for you. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. And if you've got to get your kids, grab your kids first in crosswalk and then get in the line and enjoy some food. Hope you can stay today. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.